For more information on Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, please visit our website at www.ancientdragon.org. Our teachings are offered to the community through the generosity of our supporters. To make a donation online, please visit our website. Thank you for being here. Good to see people. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit tonight about uh, a koan involving the great Tang Dynasty Zen master, Fayan Wenyi. Fayan was really the last of the great Tang Dynasty masters. One of the five schools of Zen, the Freiling School, which did not last a tremendously long time. But he's, he's left his presence in the record of Fayan and the uh, collections, stories about Zen teachers. And he appears in five different koans in the Book of Serenity, and one in the Gateless Barrier, and one in the Blue Cliff Record. He was educated very well in the Confucian classics as a young man. He ordained when he was 20, and he first started studying intensively for some years, studying the Avatamsaka Sutra and Mayan philosophy. And after he'd done that, he spent some years studying uh, Veniga, the monastic discipline. But he eventually, with a couple of friends, decided he wanted to go on a pilgrimage touring different uh, great monasteries visiting the teachers to see what he could learn. And they set out, and one night they were caught in a snowstorm near Dizang Monastery. So they went to the monastery and asked for permission to stay overnight in the traveling monk's hall, and they were given admission. And the, the head of the monastery, Dizang, came to visit Fayyan and said, Well, what is the purpose of your pilgrimage? So, I'm saying it's a pretty loaded question. So what is, the aim is to practice hard, achieve awakening. What is this awakening that you're going to awaken to? And Fayyan said, I don't know. And Dizan said, not knowing is most intimate. And that phrase is used as a koan sometimes. Um, people exploring the difference between maybe Fayyan's don't know, I don't have that information, I can't explain from the don't know of it's uh, not being caught up in or grasping concepts and desires that I think design was talking about. So uh, Fayan and his two friends spent the night and the next day they were about to leave and as they walked we're walking toward the monastery gate. Design came up to talk to Fayan and he said, Well, I know, I've been listening to you talk, and I know you've studied um, Tamsaka a lot, you've studied Yogacara a lot, and I have a question for you. Um, I've heard you say several times that the three realms, the formless realm, the form realm, the realm of suffering, are only mind, and the myriad dharmas are only consciousness. So, He's having pointed to a rock near the gate and said, well, tell me, what do you say about that rock? Is it inside or inside, outside of the mind? And Fayyan said, inside. And Desai said, well, how can a, peer, a pilgrim carry such a heavy stone in his mind from such a long distance? And that 
sort of dumbfounded Fayen, and he decided this guy was probably pretty sharp and he would stay and practice, and he did. He, uh, he spent a month or two there. Every day he would come to present his understanding of Buddha Dharma to Bizan, and Bizan kept saying, well, the Buddha Dharma isn't like that. And finally, one day, uh, Fayan said, well, I've, I've run out of words and, and ideas and concepts. And Dizak said, if you want to talk about Buddha Dharma, everything you see embodies it. And at that moment, Fayan had this great awakening. And he continued to study with Dizak for quite a while until he became a great teacher on his own. And Koan monastery with up to a thousand students in it. Um, this statement that uh, everything you see embodies it, design said, that led to the Great Awakening, um, is a sort of view of the of realization that uh, that's really pretty heavily emphasized in Zen. It's what most Zen students probably think about when they think about what, what it means to awaken from delusion, that we're waking up from this cramped, claustrophobic state of mind in which we're grasping and completely caught up in our conceptual thinking and our uh, desires, what we like and dislike. Um, always in a dualistic way of thinking in terms of um, dichotomies of me and the world, me and you, uh, you and her, that sort of thing, and liking, disliking, um, good, bad, uh, and, and so on. Um, so in doing that, uh, we always try to push away what we don't like, grasp for what we do like, hold on to what we like so that we can't escape. And that means that we live with a fairly constant sense of um, neediness or anxiety about potential loss and even fear that can flare up in specific situations. It's in practice teaches us to, how to step back from that, to let go of our dualities of conceptual thinking and desire and feelings and emotions and waking up to, um, let's say, the universal universality, the reality of this world, the vast, uh, all-encompassing reality that encompasses everything. That sort of a formless reality. And, but at the end of the day, this awakening is not to some formless, amorphous essence or principle that underlies the world that we experience and that uh, takes form as the things that we experience. It is uh, Nothing but life as we experience it right here. When we let go of the uh, thoughts and concepts and desires and aversions, we wake up to find ourselves right here. 
intimately here, not separate from this right here, and not seeing some amorphous sort of grayish, you know, crystalline substance. It's all one. We wake up to this non-separate, integrated whole of life right here. And I think um, that's one of the, fo the a focus for Fayyan in, um, in his koans. If you read his other koans, he, he rejects um, abstract speech. So he wouldn't be, uh, he wouldn't find it completely unacceptable if he said, well, what's Buddha? And a monk said something like, well, you, you know, he wouldn't call it, it's not an oak tree in the garden, or some sort of emptiness to it. Fayyan is very interested in, in awakening in, con in uh, concrete situations, awakening in life. What is it to awaken to the fundamental, all-encompassing universe uh, in our life? And um, that and the fact that we experience as part of that uh, we're not blind to the phenomena that make up this, this universal reality. Um, nothing exists apart from it or separate from it, but there is no universal reality apart from or separate from the things that make up this world. And that's um, that interplay of the particular and the universal is something that Feynman is very interested in. And that's the subject of of a koan I wanted to talk about tonight. It's um, it's uh, it's a koan that appears as case twenty seven in the Book of Serenity, case twenty six in the Gateless Barrier, and it's called Two Monks Roll Up the Blinds. I spoke about this koan about three years ago, and I have absolutely no memory of having read it three years ago and spoken about it. So it really sort of caught my interest when I ran across it while I was looking through, I think, the Book of Serenity this year. And so I started, thought, well, let me, let's see if I can get to the bottom of that. I might even have something completely different to say, and I won't remember whether that's true or not. Um, so let me get the core. So the koan, the case itself reads, before the midday meal, Fai Yan pointed to a blind. Two monks went at the same time and rolled up the blind. Fai Yan said, one gain, one loss. Other translations are, one gains, one loses. One has it, the other one doesn't have it. And Hongzhou's verse in the Book of Serenity in part reads, pines, and I think I'm useful in, in thinking about this kind pines are straight, brambles are crooked, cranes are tall, ducks are short. In the age of the ancient emperors, people forgot about both government and anarchy. Such peace, a dragon hidden in the abyss, such freedom, a soaring bird sheds its tether. In Wansong's commentary of the Book of Serenity, is really very helpful, but in part it, it reads, everywhere they consider detachment from gain and loss, 
and forgetting right and wrong to be superior. Fayen runs into the ocean of right and wrong, the pit of gain and loss, and makes a living there. In some, someone without gain and loss can determine the gain and loss everywhere in the world. And Ruman, in his commentary to the case, and the Gate of Spirit says, Tell me, who is gained and who is lost? If you obtain the eye of awakening, you will perceive how Fayen himself feels. That being said, don't try to fathom this in terms of gain and loss. And this poem reads, rolling it up, the great space is utterly clear and bright. But this open spaciousness does not accord with our way. The even emptiness is let go of. Why don't you go through, why don't you uh, let go of? Then not even the slightest breeze passes through the blinds. Let me read that again. But this open spaciousness does not accord with our way. When even emptiness is let go of, then not even the slightest breeze passes through the blinds. So you can imagine, sort of visualize the situation, sort of the, the dramatic aspects of it, what's going on. The, the monks have finished Sazen. Um, we're going to have the Dharma talk. Uh, before the midday meal, and finally points up at the blind. And you've seen these kinds of blinds that roll up, they're split bamboo. They, they're stitched together to form a curtain, really. And on each end of the, of the blind, there's a cord that loops from the top back up. And by pulling on the end of the cord, you, it rolls the blind up. So you can see why there were two months going up each one. One side of the blind. And you might ask yourself, well, he points at the blind in the koan, especially where in the time for his Dharma talk, is, is just this supposed to be a demonstration of reality? You know, it's just pointing up to the blind itself. It's just a blind, it's a manifestation. It, it is real, it is reality. Is this the same? as the Buddha lifting the flower from Mahatashaba, or other examples when going um, to, to the entry in the garden, or talk about Buddha as three pounds of flax or something like that. Is that what's going on, or is maybe even is there sort of the metaphorical aspect of pointing to the blind and seeing it as a metaphor for this inside, outside, darkness, light, and you roll up the blinds and the light comes in and we're awake and we can see reality. Maybe I don't know. But in this situation, you can imagine these two poor monks. I mean, who who would want to be the monk who lost? Um, and what does that mean? And what did they gain? What did they lose? Which one of them gained? Which one of them lost? You can imagine how they would feel. I mean, just uh, one of them is elated at having, I suppose, I mean, if he thinks he's the one who got it, who gained, he's elated that he's gotten this great affirmation. Uh, the other monk might be feeling fairly crushed with the disapproval and criticism that he, he's lost something, he's lost realization, he's lost uh, the light of awakening, something along those lines. But it's interesting that Woman says, look, 
this koan isn't about the gaining or losing, what they gained, what they lost, which one gained, which one lost. So what is it about? It's about Fa Yen. And Fa Yen is ability to make this statement. Um, I think that what Fa Yen is trying to point out is, is um, as he says, um, as the commentary said, the woman says, this clear light coming in through the window, this great emptiness is not our way. It does, emptiness and some sort of experience of, of pure emptiness and oneness is not what Zen study is about. And I would sort of urge you, if, if we do take the blinds and opening the blinds as, as metaphorical, to, to think about the fact that when you open the blinds and the light comes in, it's not that you just see this clear light, this pure being, you suddenly see the people in the medication hall, you see the statues at the altar, you see everything that's going on there. So suddenly you awaken to an entire environment within here. It's not really separated from the outside, sure, but you have the right is in stepping back, waking up from perhaps our, idea, our concepts and our grasping desirable things and pushing away desirable things, uh, grasping for the approval of Fayyan, um, recoiling with horror at the idea that he's going to humiliate you in front of uh, a syndrome full of monks. Um, and so I think that um, I think that you have to ask, well, what is Fayyan's point if um, the usual idea is that you're trying to step outside of dualistic concepts and this and that, and, and me and the world. What is Fayan doing talking about, well, this one gains and this one loses? And I think what we have to recognize is that he is saying, he is pointing in this way, making a point about this universal fundamental reality that encompasses all of us. And the fact that that includes everything, including the monk who wakes up and the monk who hasn't got it yet. Reality includes both awakening and delusion. It's very much like um, Hunter's poem when he, you know, I read that, when he said, talks about how. Um, it's like pines are pines are crooked, brambles are twisted. He's not saying that pines are bad trees. Pines are pines. In their crookedness, pines are pines. That's just what they are. Brambles are not failures as trees. They're brambles. They're perfectly fine as bushes. The monk who got it and the monk who lost um, are both uh, Buddha, even if they aren't both Buddhas. And so I think that is a, a, an important consideration for us to recognize that uh, when we, we approach the world as Buddha, 
we approach the world as reality that we are not separate from, that we are connected to. This is our reality, and we don't, as the precepts say, we don't speak of the faults of others, not only because they're ours, but because they manifest in a completely in their being, in being in their unworthy. So we have to approach that in a, in a loving and compassionate way. I think the other point that Fayyan is making is that, you know, we, we do speak, we, we have to be able to function in our problem with dualistic thinking is dualistic craving. It's not a problem discriminating between this or that. Things exist, but looking at them as separate individual things is, even if that's all we see, we're living in a dream. We have to be aware that they exist in this moment, in relationship and non-separation from everything else. But we can't speak of them, and we don't, aren't really involved in delusion, except to the extent that we get caught up in our conceptual thinking about things. When we start mistaking our ideas about things, the concepts that we have about things for the things themselves. So that when we reach something, we come to something in the world, we don't think of it as some unit that is uh, separate from everything else, it's independent, without reliance on the causes and conditions that made it, and it's unchanging and not subject to the change of the rest of the world. So, um, I think Fayyan is making the point that all of this, all of the talk that there's a great deal of it in Zen, that you can't say anything because it's delusion, it's wrong, it doesn't express ultimate reality. It's something that Fayyan's not interested in. It's not his view of the world. So um, I think, again, as wondrous as our practices of dropping delusion and coming back to the reality of our life, like here, it's nothing special, but it's something amazing. And it's also, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not exotic or foreign to us. It's not separate from our life. And, the way we conduct our lives. So uh, I take a great deal of comfort in it. I become some very strange person from another planet permitted to practice and to wake up moment by moment to this ultimate reality in which everything, nothing is separate from the ultimate reality. Ultimate reality is not separate from things. Um, things express both your unique individuality and the universe itself. So I'm going to leave it at that and see if anybody else has something to say about this comment. Thank you very much. So you can call on people on the street and we can see them. I'll get to some. It's a lovely story, bedtime story. Um, 
as you were talking about, you know, winners and losers, I was thinking about what they did after. Like if Fayan said to the monks, have a seat. Let's have some tea together. You know, that there's a, it's a relational story. And I often think about these stories as not just segments, but continued relationships. And I wonder if, like, you know, I'd like to know more about how they relate it. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's right, because otherwise it, it is a very harsh story. And the monks aren't likely to have caught on that he's saying, well, you are Buddha and he's Buddha. After he said, well, you didn't get it. You don't have it, whatever that is. It can be really harsh. And I think that maybe that's one of the problems with the koan, this literary form. It's just these snapshots that don't really have a really extended narrative. For that no, I didn't see this harsh. You didn't? No. Mm. <laughs> I think it was, a, it was his grandmotherly kindness that uh, well, had him tell I just think it was performance art. Together. Um, yeah, I also had questions about what actually is gaming and what is losing. You know, think about practicing with a gaming idea. Um, what's so great about that? So <laughs> I'm, I'm just not. I don't know what is meant really by gaming or losing. Yeah, I think that that's why women said, "Don't, don't worry about that." I mean, I think it's, you know, it could be gaining or losing some sort of awakening. Someone has an awakening. The other translation of having and not having. Someone has an awakened mind. Someone doesn't have an awakened mind. But you'd have to ask yourself, how would you know that? These monks. Many of the commentaries say that. They, pull, they open the blinds in exactly the same way. So what's going on? And I think that, so I think that's the point. It's just this given that he's made this distinction. And it's an important distinction. Apparently. What's the significance of it? Yes. Well, so, you know, could he back in obligation? I also think that this is the teacher, like, training the students. So look at my mind that's like, I'm the good student. And look at my mind that I'm the dud. <laughs> and then it's an opportunity to see that. And also to move beyond it together with someone who, like I said, is sharing the light with everyone. But I think, you know, it's been some of my greatest teachings when it's been like, oh, yeah. Let me, I see where I'm holding on to something a little too tightly, mm-hmm. and maybe I feel bad about it, you know, like, um, you know, oh, I'm the worst doshi ever because I got it the wrong time, mm-hmm. you know, but that's just good at teaching, where I made a mistake, you know, yeah, I didn't hit the bell at the right time, or I got it the time that we didn't agree upon, but still, to get involved in that kind of distinction, as some personal possession is the issue. And so I feel like this is a generous teaching. So when I hear it, I, I hear the generosity. It could be. <laughs> yeah. One of the good things about the coins is they 
provide don't provide a lot of default data. Let me fill in details for some. Tiger. Yes, to everything that's been said. Uh, it's a challenge to each of the monks, maybe. Uh, I'm sorry, we need to uh, turn our volume up on our side, I think. Um, can you hear me now? Not yet. Um, I'm not sure how to, where my volume is. Uh, can, you, can you hear me now? Yeah. No? Yeah. Oh. 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 Well, I, I was just going to say yes to everything that's been said. Um, it's a challenge to both monks, maybe, but also this seems to me to be one of those stories where you have to be there. It might be obvious to any one of us, even though that it seems like they're both doing the same action of rolling up the blind in the entryway. Um, he might be able to say, oh, yeah, <laughs> he's got it. She doesn't, or vice versa. So I, I just, anyway, it just feels like some of these stories, uh, you, have to, you have to see in the particular situation what was happening there. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's a teaching story to uh, both monks, but it, it is performance art. I think of it, yes, um, and I think of it really as a performance of, you know, those first sentences from the Julius Samani, the whole idea of taking the symbol, they're not the same, not distinguished where places are known. So there's this uh, universal, the world uh, taking form in the particulars of this, uh, these two months, and in Fayen for that. Um, I think it's a good lesson in there. I also think the Dharma thusness is intimately transmitted between fire and the dirt and the spirit. <laughs> but who is teaching who? If you're going to be a dud, be thoroughly a dud. <laughs> <laughs> but you're blind. So, so it's letting all the light in. Yeah. yeah. 